Hey, this is Gary. This is Mike. And Daniel. We're not professionals. We're just three addicts sharing our experiences, strength, and hope regarding recovery. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other addicts and to practice these principles in our lives. Welcome to another episode of the 12th Step Podcast. This is Daniel. This is Mike. And this is Gary. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about focus, uh, especially with our recovery. Uh, this last couple of weeks, I've been noticing a, a trend that was happening um, before my divorce, and it's happened since my divorce, and it's I've just kind of been taking a deeper dive as I've been working through my step work and realizing, for me, my focus, you know, it, it's gotten better, but a lot of my focus is on the things that I didn't have or that I had lost, and realizing that that was constantly dragging me down it was not taking me in a direction that was positive you know uh, you know i had, i would reminisce of you know i lost my marriage i lost you know the relationship with some of my kids uh you know i didn't have the house that i used to have and all these negative things instead of focusing on what i did have sure you know i despite uh, how difficult my divorce was i still had my recovery i still do um, not only that, I was able to get a house. Yes, it's not the same size as my previous home, but it's mine. It's my house. It puts. I have a roof over my head. I'm warm during the winter. I have food uh, in my refrigerator, and it's a place my kids can come to, and it's not transitory. It's not like I'm going to be moving to a new apartment. Not only that, I do have a relationship with some of my kids, and I have friends and family that know my story, and they're there for me. So these are all positive things, and I realized as I shifted looking at the positive that I wasn't, I didn't feel as weighed down. I didn't feel as depressed or or ucky. Um, I, that's probably not even a word, ucky. Ucky. <laughs> uh, not in the English language. Yeah, though, icky. Anyway. I just there was this kind of this. It's like I was Eeyore and just had this perpetual cloud floating sure. over my head, even though things were actually still going really well and it's because i gave it a negative meaning like you know because those things weren't in my life i must have been a failure sure i wasn't successful um it played with my my self-worth and so i'm sure other addicts out there are dealing with that as well where instead of focusing on the positives and the things they have they're focusing on those negatives and then they're giving them an even more negative meaning which is dragging them further down and who knows maybe they're relapsing as well uh, there's uh, there's a lot to unpack here, mm-hmm. yeah. a lot to unpack here. So that's a great topic, and I uh, thanks for bringing that up. I, I uh, <clears throat> a couple of things as you were talking that sort of jumped off of uh, off the page yeah. that, that that I was thinking of. First and foremost, I believe that everyone who starts down the path of recovery probably starts from a fairly narrow perspective, and yes. this is that my life sucks. I'm <laughs> I'm I've got this problem that's going on in my life that I can't seem to get my arms around. I can't control mm-hmm. it. It's bigger than me, and I'm feeling shame and guilt, and yeah. I'm about to lose everything that's really important to me, which may include job, spouse, kids, yes. it may, a house, all those things, uh, because there's so much loss that's associated with this. And so I think it's a very natural tendency for at least my experience with anybody I've ever started a group with, that that's a very, that's a very common feeling and response. Uh, yeah, and fear, yeah. Yeah. And that they, uh, uh, that they come into this thing with a whole lot of trepidation. I will honestly tell you that when I started 
my very first stage one experience, um, <clears throat> I didn't, I didn't feel like I was going to be successful in this. Mm-hmm. I didn't see this as being, and in fact, uh, I remember Gary, that you were not there the first week that I had been there and remember that I had missed the very first week. So we're three weeks into it before I met you. And I was looking around the room thinking to myself, there's no one in this room that gets me that totally understands me. And that's a very lonely place. There were eight or 10 of us in there. People had had some, some very difficult circumstance that they were dealing with as well. And why I chose to minimize them, I have no idea. But that feeling, even in, re- even in the, the process of recovery, feeling like I'm not going to be successful in this. I don't know how to, I can be successful because there's really no one here that understands me. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't quite certain that I was as problematic as my counselor had indicated that I was. <laughs> so there was some, some, of the, some, some of that hang up as well. Like, look, maybe I'm not as bad as he thinks I am. Of course, we all know how that came out because he revealed to me just how bad I was and how sick I was. So all of that stuff creates this, what you would consider to be a negative perspective. And I think that's true. I think each one of us start with that. And it's only until it's only until we can start working our, our recovery and finding some success in that recovery mm-hmm. that I think we switch from the negative to positive. Well, and I, and I think for me, the reason this has come up is because, again, I'm, I'm digging up things and uh-huh. looking sure. at things. Because it used to be that narrow perspective of, oh, man, I'm just garbage, I'm, I'm crap, you know, nothing I, d- I do is right. And now it's like, okay, that's not true. I, I just had this negative focus. And what would things have been had, you know, during this, this horrible time in my marriage where, you know, my ex was mad at me because of my acting out, you know, mm-hmm. and in, and I just, it just went even worse because I was doing things in, re- you know, reaction Right. of how she was acting, that if I would have been less worried about the things that I didn't have, like less worried about the fact I was sleeping on the couch, less worried about the fact we weren't going on dates, and more focused on, well, she's still here. You know, even though I'm sleeping on the couch, I'm still in the house. Sure. You know, and, and more on the things I did have, would things have turned out differently? And it's not because, oh, I'm living in that place. It's like just realizing that if I would have had a different perspective mm. look on things, that maybe something could have changed, but more importantly, I would have had a better outlook in moving forward, and maybe my recovery wouldn't have been as difficult, and I wouldn't have had to hit rock bottom as hard as I did or done some of the things I did because I would have had a different perspective. Well, you know, you could also argue that if you had had a different perspective, you might not have gotten yourself into your addiction. <laughs> I mean, that's true. <laughs> that is true. No, because I've been listening. I've been listening, and I've been thinking about thinking about the topic and you know I'm, I'm really really big on saying that you know it doesn't matter where you are in your life or what's going on you always have more to be grateful for than you do to feel sorry for yourself yeah. about right okay so I was thinking about you know the lowest points of my life and I, I stand by what I said that's yeah. true now at the time I completely lacked the ability to see that yes. or to appreciate it in any kind of meaningful way sure you know, so you're you're absolutely right, Mike. We all start with all of these thinking errors in place, mm-hmm. and and that's what our focus is on. And uh, it's probably because there's so much at stake. There I mean, is, that yeah, sure. I mean, these are some tough, tough decisions. Yeah. Oh, and do you know what? Quite honestly, we're not. We might not be bringing the best tools to the table. We might not have any. Well, I can't say any, but you might. You know, sure. Some of our tools may be b- broken, bent, taped back together, used for the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, right. right. You know, 
But it's interesting. Screwdriver's a hammer. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting that we're talking a little bit about focus because very much, very much we're creatures of focus. We need to have something mm-hmm. that we're right. that yeah. we focus on. You know, our psychology is all set up that way, even even physically, you know, with our eyes pointed forward. We're we're all set up to have something that we focus mm-hmm. for. Even our, our language kind of denotes that kind of a thing. And and I think we have a tendency to make real in our lives what we focus on. So right. if you focus Correct. on the negative things all the time, you are going to you're going to create a mire for which you can wallow in. You know, if you are if you're focusing on improvement or this high ideal, you're going to inevitably draw closer to that. Sure. You know? So yeah, I just remember something I wrote down um because I was reading something. It says the brain simply believes what you tell it most. Mm-hmm. So if we're constantly telling it these negative things or I don't have this, I don't have that, then it's going to believe that. And it's not going to be grateful. It's not going to look for those that positive thing. You know, it's like, well, I'm grateful that my wife is still here. I'm grateful that I have my recovery today. I am grateful that I have a relationship with my kids. Um, you know, I'm going to I'm going to interject here. Sure. Um I think you have to be at a certain place in your recovery path to true. have a conversation yes. about mm-hmm. gratitude. Yes. I remember, uh, I, I can tell you that very early on, <clears throat> I remember our common counselor making a comment to the effect that there's going to be a day when you're grateful for this disease. Yeah. And I, you know, you could have tipped me over with a feather. I right. thought, what, what on earth has he been yeah, smoking? Because there is no way that me or anyone in my life is going to say, yeah, this is something that I'm really grateful for. And yet, Oddly enough, I'm here today saying, and I, I, it, it, I feels like I'm throwing up in my mouth to say that he's <laughs> that he's right on something. But I'm gonna say that he's actually, you know, that it's that, that yeah, he's right, spot on. That there is this, there is this thought now as I go through this, thinking to myself, there's no possible way I could be where I'm at today without this addiction. It has been, it's been difficult. It's been a hard path, but. Wow, I'm gra- I'm really grateful for it, and I'm grateful for the people that it's introduced me to, and I'm grateful mm-hmm. for the people that have supported me. So, but I don't believe that you're at that place the minute you walk in. Oh, no, no, you're not. No, down this definitely path. not. No, I mean, here I am, uh, what, almost four years in, at least doing this program, sure. and that, and I, this is just now something that I'm now realizing, like, oh wow, I really failed at that in my marriage. Right. I really failed at that why I was in my addiction. Sure. And now that I've gotten a substantial amount of recovery, I'm realizing, wow, I need to really focus and pay attention to not getting back into that mindset right, right. and be appreciative of the things I have right now. I think there's also a component here that I think we're overlooking. And I, I steps two and three have an awful lot to do with understanding and, and recognizing and identifying this higher power. Yes. And then this, and then this overwhelming urge to just get rid of all these things just simply turn everything over and say look i can't do it anymore i'm giving everything to my higher power and i need that i need that in my life and to be honest with you that the, the very transition that you're talking about of moving from a negative perspective to a positive perspective at least from where i'm sitting today requires some relationship with that higher power oh, yeah. in order to mm-hmm, be able to do mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. because that's the, it's that point in time when you start to recognize it's not it's not the recognition of something that's missing in your life it's the recognition and uh, and the and the being grateful and gratitude for something that is in your life and that's a perspective that only a higher power can provide that's yeah. not something you just wake up one morning 
being negative Nelly yesterday and positive oh, Ed yeah, today. No. You just it just doesn't happen. Yeah. No, I, and I think a lot of this boils down because my my step six work where it's like, okay, what are my character defects? And one mm-hmm. of those was that. Sure. And I was focused on the negative. So now I want to focus on the positive, the things right. that I do have in my life. So and it takes work. It definitely does. And even then, I know it's not going to be. Hey, tomorrow I'm just never going to th- think right. negatively. I'm going to probably have a bad date in a week or two, and I'm going to be like, oh man, I'm doing it again. I need to get back over here. Right. Because right. um, I mean, definitely, that's the one thing recovery has taught me. I'm not going to be perfect at this, and yeah. I can't be. I'm going to slip. I'm going to have some mistakes in my in my thought process and my and the way I see things. You, you want to hear something that I thought was pretty cool? Sure. Because you're kind of talking about it. So, okay, bear with me for just a minute. All righty. Okay, I'm going to use some religious terminology. Sweet. Because it actually kind of fits pretty cool right here. <laughs> okay, so ideally what we're supposed to do with our lives is we we aim for the highest possible ideal that we can. Okay? Okay. All right. So that's our focus. This is what I want to be. I want to be sober. I want mm-hmm. to be, you know, whatever. Right. So this is this is my this is my focus. This is my higher power. This is what I'm striving for. Okay. Now. So, did you guys know did you guys know that sin the etymology of that word is actually an archery term that means to miss the mark? I did not know that. Okay. I did not know that actually. It means to miss the mark. And then repentance, the term repentance is actually to rethink or turn. I did know that. Okay. So the idea is, the idea of what it's trying to teach you, what those words are actually trying to imply is you have your focus, the target that you want to be, and you take your shot. And you miss the mark. If you miss the mark, <laughs> then it's, you, it's a sin. But the solution to that is is to turn, essentially aim anew, and shoot, shoot again. again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now, the beautiful thing about it is is that... It's not so it's not so much that you're punished or condemned for for missing the mark. The point is to keep shooting at the target. Okay? Right. And you want to practice that so much that you don't you don't practice until you hit the target. You practice until you don't miss. Mm-hmm. That's a notable difference. That is yeah. a that is a notable difference, right? But the process is important. Okay? And the beautiful thing about it with recovery is that you you have you have the the latitude that's why that's one of the things that I love so much about the next right thing mm-hmm. you could easily ch- switch that to take your next shot right mm-hmm. take the next shot you know give it another go and and I you know where you had just started kind of bringing that up that you do your best until you know better than you do better you know yeah. you can you can think of the process that way too what am i focusing on i'm focusing on this highest ideal right and then if you're focusing on something that's not ideal, all of those mechanics are still in your system. If you focus on something low, mm-hmm. you're going to keep shooting at it until you hit it. Sure. You know, and then you'll do it so much yeah. that you don't miss and right. then you're addicted. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then you got a, a lot of work to do. Right. But, but you see, I, I've really found that really Very kind true. of fascinating. Yeah. yeah. That's a great analogy. I'm actually going to use the three circles, uh, which do is it. a tool of, which is as you as you were speaking, I wanted to think about the three circles for just a minute, which is, a, and I know we've we've shared this in a podcast and a variety of different things, but 
The irony of the three circles when we first start out through this process is to not find ourselves in the middle circle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And there's so much effort as we think of ourselves that perhaps today is a great day, so I'm living in the outer circle, and uh-oh, something happened today that tripped me up that sent me into the middle circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, but but the overall arching goal of the three circles is to not find ourselves in that inner circle, right? That's the place where we've decided is, oh my word, that's never, never land. That's where we're going to go. And, and that's the sort of stuff that we actually have a relapse. That's yeah. the stuff we don't want to do is the middle circle that's an actual relapse, and we don't want to do that. An interesting thing happens as we move down this path of recovery that we're focused on that negative side of things, of not finding ourselves in that inner circle. We just don't want to find ourselves there at all. And then somewhere there's this magical switch. Oh, my word. My life is so much better that when I'm in the outer circle, that's where I want to be. Mm-hmm. So it's worry instead of worrying so much about finding ourselves, when we find ourselves in the middle circle, saying, oh, no, we might slip and slide and find ourselves in the inner circle, that suddenly it's like, no, it's not, I'm not worried about the inner circle so much. Mm-hmm. What I'm really worried about is getting back to the outer circle because right. my life is better and it's complete in yeah. that spot. And I think that's where we move from this negative, positive thing that you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. And I it's, think that's the tool. And, and that's a very natural process for people to go through when they mm-hmm. experience that. Well, and with the three circle, the three circle method you know in the very beginning you kind of see that as a funnel exactly like if you're on the outside you're okay but once you step in the middle circle it's it's a slide down it's a slippery slope and oh no here i go as you get going you realize no it's kind of a flat plane you know you you kind of wander in there and you're like oh hey i kind of crossed that that boundary i don't want to be here Uh, i don't want to be here i'm just gonna go walk back onto the other side it's not it's not this death-defying slide towards the middle right do you know what i like about that model what is is that the inner circle is teeny is tiny and <laughs> yeah. the middle circle is a little bit bigger but but that outer circle can go yeah. forever forever yeah. i love that it reminds me something else something else sorry i was leaning away from the <laughs> mic something something that mike actually does quite a bit so if you've ever noticed that mike is hard to hear it's cuz he's leaning back in his chair Thank you to one of our listeners who called that out. I, th- I thought we weren't going to talk about that. <laughs> we weren't, but I just did it, and I didn't want to be the only one. The irony, it's that you that was leaning back. <laughs> All right. Do you guys remember in the first Toy Story? Mm-hmm. Okay. At the, at the climax of the, at the of the movie, Buzz and Woody are shot up into the air by the rocket. Right. Yes. Right. And they cut themselves loose, and they open the wings, and... They come down, and the, the moving van is right here, and then ahead of that is the car. That's right. Okay. And Woody makes the comment. Uh, you missed the truck. <laughs> you missed the truck. And then Buzz says, we're not we're aiming, not aiming for, for the, the truck. truck. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So, great line. Great line. Remember, guys, we're not aiming for the truck. Yeah. Okay? You're, you're aiming for that outer circle. You're aiming for that highest ideal. And and you know what? You get to another shot. Yep. You know what? You're not done until you choose not to shoot anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, keep shooting. Do that next right thing. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. yeah. And once you get to that and you're really good, there may be a higher thing of that you can Of course there will be. For. Yeah. You know, the other thing I, I want to... We talk about these things as though they're static, right? Mm-hmm. That this, I'm having a negative experience here and my, but suddenly my perspective is now positive. I think the reality of it is, is these things are not static at all. Correct. That they're moving all the time. And so you may run yourself into spaces of negative and positive, negative and positive, all the way along through the path of recovery. And that's only because the target at which you're shooting at moves. 
right? I mean, I've arrived at this particular place. Here's the next objective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've arrived at this place. Here's the next ob objective. And I think that's just how it goes. Um, and we have to be okay with that. That's really, that's really the process of discovery. That's mm -hmm. really the process of curiosity. All those words that we use in recovery that are healthy. Mm -hmm. um, I've had lots of people ask me, you know, Mike, when do you intend to be done with all of this? And my answer to that is never. Yeah. I, I don't ever see myself not going to a counselor. I don't ever see myself not. And the reason for that is, is because I absolutely love the discovery of it all. Mm -hmm. Now, I will tell you, I was terrified on day one, but I don't, I don't feel that fear anymore. Right. And something else that I've experienced and I know you've experienced and I've pointed out several times is you have to open yourself up to what's going to come. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, you can't, you don't get to control that. You know, you have to take life on life's terms. But if you open yourself up to the possibilities in that outer circle living, you might find yourself starting a 12-step group Correct. in your area. You might find yourself doing a podcast. podcast. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> every every one of us at this table is doing something right now that at the, in the beginning of our recovery didn't even occur to us that we yeah, would do. Exactly. I, I never once imagined myself doing a podcast, let alone one on right. Yeah. On right. recovery. Absolutely. But here we are. Yeah. And do you want, this is very rewarding. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, when we're in our addiction, we're much like a hermit crab, you know, we've got our little world and we just tuck into it. We have, you know, our walls and everything. We don't want to expand out of that. And as we grow, you know, we got to leave that, that shell, you know, and even hermit crabs will leave to go to a bigger one. Got to find a bigger house. Yeah. But yeah. it did, you know, the, hopefully if you're doing recovery right, you don't need the shell. You know, you can wander out and so and, and improve and aim for the next, you know, the car, mm -hmm. not the, not the truck. No. Um, and I mean, the great thing is, as far as I've seen, as long as I'm continuing to learn and evaluate myself and see those things that were character flaws or things that I was doing and I want to change those, I'm, I'm, I'm solid. I'm doing well because once I stop, I'm like, up. Oh, I'm, I've arrived. I know I'm in trouble. Yeah. That's a, that's a negative place to be. Yeah. Not a good place. You know, I'll take the last couple of minutes and go ahead and kind of share a quick story. So my father is 76 years old. Okay. When his father, my grandfather was 76 years old, he died of a massive heart attack. Okay. Wow. Now, this, this becomes more relevant if you know that uh, today my father had open heart surgery and had a quadruple bypass. Now. And yet you're still here doing a podcast. I'm still here doing a <laughs> podcast. Well, you know, I spent all day up at the hospital and sure. now my siblings are up there and, we, and everything, everything has went perfectly well. But this is the idea of focus that I want. I just want to share because I was just thinking about it. Okay. Within my, within my father's lifetime, the operation that is prolonging his life wasn't possible for my grandfather. That's a true story. Okay. So I go up to the hospital. I have my siblings around me. And, and I had this conversation with my dad as he was preparing himself to go into this. And I pointed out to him. I said, yeah, I, absolutely, it's going to be painful. And yes, it's going to be scary, you know. Usually anytime you aim for something that is higher or is good for you, it's going to be hard and it's going to be scary and it's going to be difficult. Right. I said, but I said, there is nothing but things to be grateful for in the situation. 
you're in a situation where you can have this surgery, that the chances are that it's going to be very, very successful. You caught this massive problem before you had a heart attack. So there's no damage to your heart. Yeah. You know, that's a big deal, you know? Um, and so I began to, and I, I said, and you live close enough to a facility that, that can do this and have staff that's well-trained. And I, you know, I'm just listening. Like, yes, it's scary, but you, we're here to support you. All of your kids are close. We're going to take it in turns to go sit with mom and we're going to see you when you're done. And, you know, we've made all of these plans and things like that. But guys, I, I, I found some of my siblings, siblings focusing on just the scary pieces yeah. and the worry, which you know, to be fair, it's scary. scary. Yeah. Okay. But in this situation, there is so, so much to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think, you know, I think, you know, when I was growing up and I would go to Sunday school, and they would talk about how that there would be miracles and things like that. I, I often thought, that that meant you'd have a couple guys dressed up like the apostles in robes walking down the street, healing the blind mm-hmm. and, and doing all this kind of stuff, you know? So I knew, I never realized that I would live in a time. I, I, I knew that there would be miracles. My faith mm-hmm. told me that there would be miracles. I never realized that we would live in a time that miracles were ordinary. Right. Yeah. That they were so common that, you know, and, right. and they were. Every everything right. about today was a miracle for me. My recovery is a miracle. Right. My my recovery from my car accident was a miracle. The perspective I have on that is a miracle. Yeah. Okay. And that's all because it's all because I think I think more now than ever in my life I have a good focus. Right. And I have and I, I and and I begin and I, I get to the point more and more every day where, where. That's almost all I see. Yeah. I, I I take life on life's terms, and mm-hmm. life throws me big challenges. Right. And I am aware that there is tragedy in my life. I'm aware that I will suffer loss mm-hmm. as people, you know, mm-hmm. as, as eventually you know I'll 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 lose people or right. they'll lose me. But, but. I'm better equipped ever than, than to handle this stuff. And it's because of where my focus is at, yeah. you know, and, and that's so much to be grateful for. Absolute truth. So I don't know how much that really applied to what we're talking about, but if your focus is correct, even the things that are challenging in life, you'll find reasons to be grateful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, even look back 50 years, uh, the equipment just to do what we're doing right now mm-hmm. took up a, a, a room and you had to go to a facility you know, a facility to right. be able to record something. And, you know, this topic probably wouldn't even be talked about or be approved to be on the air because, yeah, mm-hmm. but we can do this. Or even understood. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we have this tiniest of device that's recording all this for us. We have microphones in front of us and we can sit in the comfort of your house in a single room and, and do this. I like to refer uh, to it as the room of wonders. Yes. Um, <laughs> and you know, this is even a miracle to some of our, our listeners, you know, they're, they're hearing things that help them in moments of crisis, in mm-hmm. moments of difficulty. Um, and not just down the street, yeah. all around the world. Yeah. And so it's remarkable. Uh, Sometimes, again, it's just kind of a focus, you know, 
for me, you know, I remember growing up that, you know, miracles were you know, what you, you saw Moses do on the Ten Commandments every, you, you know, every time at Easter when I watched that, you know, frogs coming out of the Nile, the Nile turning red, meteorites coming down. But no, it's just simple, small things. It doesn't have to be gigantic grand gestures. It just was that way to make a point for a certain group of people. It's always the small things, I think. Yeah. I think you're right. Hmm. So. I think you're right. Yeah. What right. a great topic. Yes. Okay. I appreciated the discussion. That was, uh, I think it's a relevant discussion. I think we have a lot of, of listeners who experience that the yeah. negative view of things, as difficult as this is. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be that way. And realize that life comes on life's terms. You're going to have mm-hmm. good days and bad days. That doesn't, if you're having a rough day or a bad day, that doesn't mean. Y- you know, you've lost it. It mm-hmm. just means you're having a rough day. Get through it. And yeah. get through it. The next day is a brand new day. You can mm-hmm. refocus. Yeah. So, all right. Well, with that said, this is Daniel saying, find the humility in your recovery. This is Mike saying, do the work necessary to find the peace that recovery brings. And this is Gary reminding all of you that we're not aiming for the truck. <laughs> <laughs> do the next right thing. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find us. As a fellowship of recovering addicts, Sex Addicts Anonymous offers a message of hope to anyone who suffers from sex addiction. Check out saa-recovery.org.